All right, Sam, I uh, I need your help. I need you to answer a question for me. It's going to be a really, it's going to be a true test of, of our friendship. Um, okay. So earlier, earlier in the day, I was listening to my favorite sports radio show, which if you're listening to the show, you know, it's well-documented. It's, it's, it's greeny. So I was listening to it and he, he's got a new book coming out and he co-wrote it with his uh, sort of right-hand man on, on his show. Um, whose name is, uh, whose name is Paul. His wife's name is Lizzie. And they were telling a story where Paul had said that, uh, he asked his wife, Lizzie, um, if she would, when the book came out, automatically go and give it a five-star review because obviously they're married. She wants to support him all of the Anyway, mm-hmm. she looked at him and said, no, I will give it what it deserves. Now, I'm obviously in the process of writing a book. I don't know when I'm going to finish it, and I don't know if it's ever going to get published. But let's just say for a second that I do get it published. I have to ask Uh you, if it came out, are you the type of person that would just go give me a five-star review? Because obviously you know me, know me just, just about as well as anybody else. Or would you read it and then go... All right, we'll we'll see what it's worth. Um, does my rating impact anything? I mean, it would impact obviously probably how well the book does. I mean, the more five star reviews, the better. I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt. Well, I think I would probably give you a five star review without even reading it. I think I would just out of the kindness and wanting to support as much as possible. You know, see, so I asked my dad that question, and he said he wasn't sure. <laughs> oh. I, I, I asked him. I also asked him if he had given this podcast a five star review, and he's like, you know, I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> did he say, did so, he say he would? He said he would. Yes. <laughs> okay, um, we got one. I know we got well. We were maintaining a pretty good five star review on Apple for a while. I haven't checked in a in a. In, you know, in some time, but hopefully we're still there. I have a couple people in my family who I think would be the type of people who would read it. And then the type of people who would just give me the five-star review out of the kindness of their heart. Um, I'm not going to out those people specifically because on this episode, I think there's going to be more family members listening to it than, than usual, but I, I have the names in my head. So, um, before we uh, before we jump into all that, Sam, uh, it's been a week. You obviously weren't here last week. I had Josh on. Uh, how are you? Did you listen to the episode? I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was nice. Um, it was like a like a proud friend moment. So I was like, those are my friends right there, and they sound so good. Um, I think Josh ran on a little long. He kind of he kind of has a tendency to just keep talking. Um, so that was tough. Uh, really liked putting his feet to the fire about the Kings. Um, yeah. I thought the funniest part was um, him saying his channel wasn't all about the Warriors because he mostly <laughs> just talks about the Warriors um, or Kevin Durant um, or shoes, pretty much. That's all he talks about. Or shoes. Oh, he loves talking about the drama in the shoe department. He definitely does. He definitely does. Josh even admitted um, towards the end of – towards the end of the episode i was like yeah we went over uh our time only but it was a special episode he's like and then he cracked a joke about talking a lot. 
but you know what? I, that's why we had him on, right? Because nobody does that NBA stuff. Um, and he's just him. a wealth of knowledge. He is. He really is. Um, we're definitely going to get him back on um, for the probably the beginning of the NBA playoffs, just sort of a preview. And then we're also going to be getting Ben on uh, later this week as well. There's going to be probably two episodes within the span of about five days. Um, So that'll be a lot of fun. But before we get to all of that, we have this episode today. And I had mentioned that there's probably going to be more family members listening to this episode um, than usual. And that is because we actually do have one of my family members uh, here on this podcast today. And for a very specific reason, when I had mentioned that this person was going to be on the podcast, I got some backlash from my, specifically my sister, Natalie. She had a little bit of a gripe that um, she hasn't been on the show. And I said, when you give it, when you actually, um, yeah, well, she hasn't done anything. To the pod- exactly. Sure. Exactly. I said, there are two <laughs> reasons why you haven't been on the show. One, you don't listen to it. And two, do something interesting in sports. <laughs> um and uh, so, and she was like, well, this person who we're having on today doesn't listen to the show. I was like, in her defense, she probably didn't know the show, one, existed, <laughs> and two, um, she uh, she just did something really incredible in sports. So let's stop beating around the bush here. Let's introduce our guest. My younger cousin, uh, Emma Ott, joins us today on this podcast. Emma, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Let's just give everybody a little bit of a background for those who might not know um, what you just did. And I imagine that at least probably a good chunk of our audience um, didn't. What? Uh, just give them a little 30-second uh, preview, overview of uh, what the heck just happened in your world of sports. <laughs> okay. Um, so I play varsity soccer at Moore Park High School and I am the goalkeeper for the team, and we just won the um, uh, CIF Division III um, final, and we also won the CIF State final, and we are the second team in our school's, I mean, 102 history to have ever done it, um, and that's what's pretty much going on right now, and it's it's really crazy. <laughs> So you and Sam actually share something in common that I don't, I I can't, I have no experience with. You guys both went to a school um, who is, which is over a hundred years old. And obviously Sam and I went to the same school, but you both won pretty significant championships for the school. You Mm -hmm. won a state championship and Sam, you won NorCal. So, um, you know, I just, I feel a little left out. I, (laughs) I, I, I have to say. Yeah, it's really cool. I love it. It's awesome. I'm so proud. I have no words for it. Sam, what were uh, take take me back a little bit to to that NorCal championship? What are are you sort of uh, agreeing with her that there were like just literally no words? Oh my gosh, that long ago? Um, yeah, it was honestly surreal. I remember telling everyone um, before the game. I think Emma, you could probably attest to this. Uh, that whole run, just telling people, yeah, we have a chance to win, but like yeah. not really like expecting it or anything. Like we came up, so for my sport, it was volleyball. We came up against, they were the sixth best team in the nation. And then we played a team that had crushed us every single year that I'd been on varsity. Um, so when we were playing that, uh, they were St. Francis, a team in the Bay Area. Um, every single person I talked to, they were like, what do you think about the game? 
Like, well, I mean, I think we got a chance, but kind of expecting this season, the season to be over after that game. Yeah. And then we ended up in and then going to um going to Norcal's and ended up winning that. And it was just like surreal. It was a it just everything fell into place, sort of thing. So Emma, was that kind of the same sort of vibe? I mean, I, I tried to do a little bit of research, but I couldn't necessarily find where you guys were ranked in terms of the playoffs. Like obviously when you go into these playoffs, everybody sort of has a seed. Were you guys seated <laughs> fairly high or were you kind of in the sort of in the middle or near the bottom? We were right, pretty much right in the middle. I'm honestly not 100% sure how many seeds there are, but when we went into CIF after winning um, our league title, we were seated number three. And then once we won CIF, we were seated number one for state. Um, so everyone else was below us. And that was awesome. Yeah, yes. talk it. Talk that, Emma. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so let's uh let's go a little bit of uh let's let's start kind of from the beginning. So you guys make it to the uh you guys make it obviously to the very 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 first round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, what were kind of the thoughts heading into heading into playoffs? I mean, obviously every single game you go into trying to win, but realistically, I think as athletes, you know, we all sort of go into games based on who we're playing with kind of some realistic expectations of like, okay, these guys are either really good or. We're like, okay, this is going to be tough, or maybe we should walk over these guys. So, like, what was kind of the thought, like, consensus from the team? Like, were you guys pretty confident that you uh, could make a deep run, or was it all sort of a bit of a shock? Um, so, throughout the whole season, um, all uh, four of our coaches were telling us that we really do have everything that it takes. They were telling us the entire season about it, um, and they were really, really confident in our team and our level of play and the first game that we played in CIF it was really that was like it, we really were like hey, I don't know how this is going to go but we totally can beat them like Sam was saying um the first team that we played happened to um the year before just won division four so they had just moved up into our division so they were definitely a great team but we weren't sure how they were going to play against us d3 teams but we knocked them out pretty simple so <laughs> I, I love the smack dog I, i'm here for it i am here for it um so obviously you guys you guys win um for the that first big round of playoffs and then you're moving on to state so what like in terms of have you got had you guys made it to state before was that uh, uh yeah. like last season or no uh so like i said um in the beginning we were the only second team in the school's history to um, make it to state and win state the first team in the school's history was the girls soccer varsity in 2017 and that was the last time it had ever happened so our school has gotten um multiple uh cif titles i believe but only the 2017 team and us have won state for the school okay so heading into state did you feel like there was any more pressure heading into those rounds or was it just kind of, you know what, this is like we won what we set out to win, and then anything after that is just going to be icing on the cake? Or did you feel like, you know what, no, like like we legit have a shot at this? Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely did think we had a shot at it because every team that advances to state um, advanced to the CIF semifinal round. And in state, you also pretty much only play teams in your division. 
um, except one team that we ended up playing that had one D4 this year, who we knocked out. Um, but we, we were confident and there was a lot of pressure because if we had lost to any of those teams, it, to us, I feel like it'd feel like, well, the first win that we had, you know, why couldn't we do it again? So it'd kind of suck if we had lost to them again, but there was definitely a lot of pressure, but we had a lot of confidence in ourselves. Sam, was that kind of what you experienced as well? Like moving through playoffs at each game, like really start to start to put like the pressure really started to like pile on. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I've told this story before, but Jason, you know, this, um, Emma, did you guys win sectionals before like your individual team, specifically the one that uh, you were no. on? No. Okay. So this is the first year. So my volleyball team that I was on, um, we made it all three years. I was on varsity. We made it two section finals, um, lost the first two times, finally won the third one. So after that, after we finally won in sections, it was like everything else was house money at that point. That's what we were kind of playing with. Um, so every time we just kept winning, it was just like feeding off of that good, the good vibes that we had because um, we already conquered that mountain that we had set off. And, you know, this is it's not about me. Right. Um, Emma, for you. Mm-hmm. First off, again, congratulations. I mean, this is it's a crazy accomplishment that you guys yeah. had, um, especially second time in school history. That's incredible. Um, I guess this is kind of a nice feel good question. What do you hope if there were little girls, little boys that were in the stands, right? What do you hope that they take away from this run that you guys had as a team? Um, I'd hope that they'd take away, you know, always being confident. I'd hope they would see how confident our girls were um, and how positive we were throughout the whole game. You know, we're very big on keeping our heads on our shoulders and um, I, even after the state final, I had talked to actually a lot of little kids. I took pictures with a couple of them too, that played mm-hmm. for my coach's club team. And, you know, they were telling me like how awesome the team was and how they were so happy and asking me how I did things. And I told every single one of them to just be confident, keep your head on your shoulders, you know, smile throughout the game, no matter what, don't let a bad play or a goal get you down. Um, but bottom line, I just hope that they take away, you know, always yeah being positive and being confident so to to build off that confidence thing let's get into obviously that last game because you want to talk about confidence and confidence mm-hmm. like potentially confidence shattering um moments we go through <laughs> we go through that whole game you guys are up 1-0 and and it was at i believe i, I hadn't been able to find an article that gave the timestamp, but mm-hmm. uh the goal that you gave up was near the very end. Um, yeah. And I, when, when, um, when my mom sent me a message, cause she was sort of sending me updates about it. Um, and I saw that it was one, one, I hadn't realized at that moment that it, that that goal was, was near the end. And once I found out, obviously after the game was over, I was so happy, um, that the game played out the way it did. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, the game went into PKs. It was 14 rounds um, <laughs> of uh, penalty kicks, and Emma saved four PKs, which, by the way, Emma, I'm going to beef up your resume here. I uh, <laughs> I did a little bit of research for you. Um, I did a little bit of research on the probability of PKs um, 
getting converted. And I did the math for you. Um, so typically in like professional soccer, uh, PKs have about an 85% chance of going in. Uh, so, and then it said, I think like 4% chance of missing 12% chance of the keeper actually saving it. Um, so I just made it 15%. You, so like every time, um, you know, a PK happens, there's about a 15% chance that the keeper is going to save it. So all I did was multiply that 15% four times because you saved four different PKs. So you want to know what the probability of that happening was? Yeah. It was 0.0005 So in other words, you had about zero chance of saving four of those PKs. Um, and you still did it. And I was so happy for you because um, it was one of those things where I, I was worried. It, well, actually, let's let's get to that later. Go through that whole <laughs> that whole sort of drama of giving up the kick and then going into PKs knowing that you had just given up one. And now you got to face, I mean, the whole damn team. Like, what was going through your mind? Um, so when I gave up the goal, the game had, I want to say maybe two minutes left on it. It was almost done. Um, and, um, after it went in, you know, we finished playing out the two minutes. I walked off crying. None of my teammates spoke to me. They all knew what I just did. They all knew that it was honestly my fault too. They had gotten a free kick and it hit my hand, bounced off my shoulder and went into the goal. So it was a bad stance by me I guess you could say um we went into 15 minutes of overtime nothing happened um teammates still really not, not speaking to me that much and then we were like okay we're going into PKs and right before PKs started um my coach had pulled me over to the side and he like just put his hands on my shoulder and that's when I started crying pretty hard and he had told me um to basically stop crying he was looking at me he was like stop crying he was like I don't know why you're crying um and I told him that I was worried that I had just lost it for my team and he told me that I was going to save it for my team he was like you need to have confidence in yourself he was like you've blocked PKs before you can do it and he just told me to go out there and kick some ass and do what I know how to do um so went into the PKs right um we had a lot of people in the stands and I mean a lot um so I had people chanting my name I had all these students right next to the goal just yelling at me and telling me like you got it Emma you got it stuff like that and once I had blocked the first one um and got my hands on it um I honestly just kept going it was just a feeling of keep going keep going keep going and oh my gosh it was awesome <laughs> so it was it almost felt never-ending but every time I blocked one it was like oh yeah I blocked it. Well, I mean, and not only did you block one, but you made your PK. <laughs> I did make my PK, which I almost missed and got yelled at for. But it went in, so it doesn't matter if I almost missed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the goalie had gotten her hands on it. And even after it went in, my coach yelled at me from 50 yards away, on the ground, shoot it on the ground, because I shot it up high. But mm -hmm. that was fun. So, so Sam and I obviously – we are our, our sporting experience was football basketball volleyball um we never played soccer so at least not mm -hmm. to the extent that you did so i 
I'm curious because obviously I, I don't have any experience with it and neither does Sam. As a goalie, what are you looking for? What are you reading? Because there were there are a couple instances that we see on like you know big national sport like soccer mm-hmm. events, like goalies will just go like 180 in the wrong direction. So obviously whatever mm-hmm. they read um wasn't correct. So like what are you even looking for? I, I would imagine that you're not necessarily looking at their eyes because they can look you no. off. Um, yeah. And that's true with a lot of different sports. So at that point, what are you watching? Um, so me personally, I look right at the ball and I watch their hips. Um, when I, you know, when I look in the, at the ball, I can still kind of see, um, their hips. So when they turn their hips a certain way, like it depends on where they're standing when they're facing the ball before they go off to take the kick, you know, if their hips turn a certain way, it means they're going to a certain side. If they don't turn, it means they're going to the other side. You know what I mean? But a lot of the time I really have no trick to it. I just stare at the ball and I commit because that's one thing that they tell you. It's like, if you don't know where to go, just commit to a side and you know, there's only two sides. So in majority of the time, they're not going to shoot it down the middle because they know a keeper can get it in the middle and they're taught not to shoot down the middle. Um, but I just look either at the hips. If I need a strategy, it's hips and ankles. But majority of the time, I just look at the ball and pray. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of, so you you said your coach was yelling, uh, keep it on the ground, keep it on the ground. I, mm-hmm. I, I would have thought, and maybe I'm wrong, but just as a casual observer, that the hardest spot for a goalie to get to would be like top corner of the net so is that not true is it actually harder to track the ball on the ground than it is in the air um so in the air um I shot mine mine wasn't directly in the middle but it was a little bit towards the left um but I think on the ground it's a lot harder um to track because you have to you know die for it get on the ground but in the air, you know, the goalie can, a lot of times goalies don't commit to sides. They'll just stand right in the middle and just kind of be like, oh, it went in. You know what I mean? Um, so if it's going almost directly over her head, she has to make no movement at all. Um, so he was not quite happy that I hit it in the air, but yeah. Gotcha. You know, Sam, as she's, as, as she's talking about this and as I went down the percentages earlier, a lot of the times, when people have conversations about what the hardest thing in sports is normally the first thing that you'll hear come up is hitting a baseball, but like really good baseball players can hit probably at about like, I don't know, 300 if we're being like sort of maybe on the low end. Um, so like 30% of the time PKs for goalies. I mean, I just looked it up. It was 15%. So like, I don't know, Sam, that's somebody who didn't really do either. What do you think would be more difficult, hitting a baseball or saving a PK? Well, I think it's harder for um, a goalie because I feel like if if the um, the penalty take if the penalty kick taker does their job, the goalie should have no chance, right? Emma, is that kind of correct? Yeah, that's yeah. So it's like an element of luck almost that comes into play, and you can say the same thing about pitchers, but. Pitchers have to bring the ball into the strike zone. I mean, that kick can go anywhere in that large area of, of the net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I, I question yeah. for you, Emma. So we're mm-hmm. sorry to bring it back to that free kick. Um, mm-hmm. 
but the moments prior, right? Because there's so much like stoppage in soccer um, yeah. between, was it like a foul beforehand, but whatever happens, right? Mm-hmm. Free, they're set up for the free kick. What are you thinking about, especially thinking about the time and the score at that point? What's going through your head? Uh, what was going through my head was um, I was saying like, please, God, do not let them score right here because they were relatively close to us and we had played this team before. So I knew that the girl taking the kicks had pretty on target shots from about the distance she was at. Um, and it was just a matter of praying that it wasn't going to go in and that it was going to come right to my hands, which it did, but still went in. Um, and it was trying to, you know, set up my team and make sure they were there where they needed to be to block her line of sight. And it was a really hectic moment and it definitely did not end how I wanted it to. That's okay. Did you feel a lot of nerves? I mean, you talk about, right. Like almost praying that Mm -hmm. it would go right. There are a lot of nerves in that situation. Oh my gosh. So many nerves. It's crazy. Like a lot, like feels like you're going to throw up your stomach. And I think I got to give it to you. I think goalie is probably, gosh, probably one of the most isolated positions in a team sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 What do you do during a game? Like when the ball is on the other side, what are you doing? Picking um, well, uh, <laughs> that's actually what I used to do. According to my mother, I used to sit down and pick flowers. Um, but, um, <laughs> Me, um, as a captain, I'm trying my best to stay in tune to the game, even if I'm getting no action, because I have to be talking to the girls constantly. And as a goalie, I can see, you know, the entire field. There are areas of the field where the other players can't see. So sometimes their judgment might be, you know, not the right judgment. Um, So I'm constantly having to talk to the girls and tell them what to do, tell them where to connect a pass, tell them if there's someone behind them to turn around, not to turn around. Um, so if I'm not needed, it would be kind of just pacing back and forth and singing songs or playing out scenarios in my head. <laughs> what songs? Like it. What's the go-to song? Oh, Lord. Whatever song I listened to before the game started, probably. Got a whole playlist. Oh, I would imagine. So I, like, I feel like everybody at, who played sports had their, like, you had the playlist that you listened to beforehand, and then you had the one song. Like, you knew it was your last song before you mm-hmm. were about to walk out. Then that, that needed to be the one ringing in your ears. Yeah, um, we have, like, I have my own playlist that I'll listen to when we're in the room before we walk down to the field. And then the team has a playlist that they play over the loudspeaker for both teams that typically goes on. So, yeah. You see, you had mentioned the whole isolated position in sports. I... I I'm trying to think of like other positions that might be that might sort of fit in that same vein. The only one that I could come up with was like maybe a kicker in football. Um, just because they sort of come in and have like one job, you know, and if they don't do that job well, um, then in that moment, it's kind of all on them. But I think I think other than that, I think you're right. I think it's like goalkeeper, kicker. I mean, corners pitchers. pretty isolated. Pitchers, yeah. Um, but even pitchers behind have help behind them. Corners might have help over the top sometimes, even if they're if they're sort of out on an island. But 
Yeah, kickers and goalies, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I guess goalie in the same sense for hockey as well. Um, but I feel like even hockey would be a little bit different because it's not nearly as big of a like playing field um, as soccer. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. Um, so game ends, right? And you, you're the hero. You get mobbed. Um, did uh, did it hurt being at the bottom of the pile? <laughs> um, yes, it hurt a lot. Actually, um, I remember as soon as the girls hit me, um, I screamed so loud, just a big old ow. Um, and then more people, more people from the stands just kept piling in and jumping. So nobody could hear me. So didn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, um, I I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, and then I had gotten up from all that, and I had, I think, three of our school counselors who were trying to keep people off the field, obviously did not work, um, asked me if I was okay. They're like, you okay? Nothing hurts, nothing hurts. You can't get hurt. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, what did uh what did your coach have to say after the game? Like, what was what was kind of the uh the locker room atmosphere after it was all over? Um. Mikey's my coach my head coach Mikey he um kind of says the same thing like after every big win especially if I'm involved I had a big you know involvement in the win it's just like he just kind of looks at me and puts his fists in the air and just kind of shoots in the air and nods his head that's pretty much it he doesn't really say anything um he tells me all the time that he knows he has confidence in me especially towards the end of games when it comes to PKs or um issues like that where they're near the goal and he doesn't really say much um, but with everyone, it was so crazy. The girls were celebrating. There were so many photos taken. And I just remember giving a lot of hugs to everybody and a lot of tears. When you're pretty easy to find, I mean, you're wearing a pink Jersey, <laughs> so it's yeah. not like you could hide. <laughs> no, I couldn't hide. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious as well, and I, I should have asked this earlier, but I, I've got a bunch mm-hmm. of different questions sort of going through my head. I tried to look up some of your stats on max preps and it was actually a lot harder to do than I thought. So Josh, I'm going to need you to fix the interface. Uh, um, Cause now Josh is working for max preps. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, how many goals did you give up throughout the season? Because you have made first team all leagues three years in a row now. So I can't imagine that giving up goals is sort of uh, a common place for you. Um, what do you know what your like ending stats of the season um I honestly this year I don't know the exact number of how many goals I gave up but the percentage I think was at least um 1.2 on average per game I um did let in at least one goal per game I won't even lie but and then last year my percentage was um under one I believe it was 6.633 Do you know how many saves, roughly? The number that I saw was like 72 last season and 60 this season, but I couldn't. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know if that's accurate. Um, Yeah, that is – that's accurate for um, during the league, I believe. So the 60 – what did you say, 62, 63? Um, That was um, during league season. Um, It does not count for um, any playoff games. And how many games roughly did you play? Like eleven or twelve? Uh, in league or in general? In league. In league, uh, eight maybe. 
eight guys. You had quite a few saves per like roughly per game. I mean, you were at a pretty yeah. high average. Yeah. I mean, if you were a quarterback in in the in the NFL, your touchdown to interception <laughs> ratio is really good. So I mean, um, so that is um, that's outstanding. Um, how, how was uh, how how was uh, Aunt Katie, my Aunt Katie, your mom? How was she after the game? How was how was the family? Um, Aunt Katie, who's actually right here, um, she um, she was crying very hard. Um, she. I heard that she jumped, what, off a six-foot wall? He jumped a six-foot retainer wall. They didn't open the gate, so everyone had to jump the walls. So she jumped off this wall and ran through this crowd and found me and jumped on me and hugged me and was screaming, oh, my God. And I think she was crying more than I was. She was she was a mess, but a good mess, a good mess. <laughs> I know I you know what that feels uh, that feels accurate I yeah um I, I have to say um man That's I mean incredible. so I, I, yeah so it happened like what almost I think it, this article was eight days ago so I mean it's been about a week have you um has has the high sort of worn off or are you still just kind of walking around going god I cannot believe this happened because you're still going to school right now so obviously people know um yeah has everybody sort of settled down from it or is it still sort of lingering in the air a little bit? Um, um, I think this past week it was, it was still in the air. Everyone was really excited about it. I had, you know, teachers congratulating me that I've never had. Um, and, uh, some students who were like, Oh, you're the goalie. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the goalie. Thank you. And they tell me I did a great job. Um, this next week, I think it's might slow down a little bit, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty much in the air for a while. Everyone was really, really happy. Got to be, uh, got to be trying bargaining those teachers for like some extra credit. Be like, hey, look, I, I mean, I just won this. I actually did. I, I did oh. do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, my uh, English teacher, my sixth period teacher, he's very into soccer, and um, I typically miss his class for soccer. And the day before the game, I told him I was like, dude, like you know, thirty extra credit points first student in the class if I win or what and he ended up not but I tried I really did try yeah, that's, um, that's, a, yeah. that's a there you go <laughs> yeah. there you go using your powers yeah. for good right there I mean he's always he was talking about how he likes giving out extra credit so I thought I had an opportunity but he didn't take it so kind of let, it, let it fly um <laughs> I heard you also have get like a rock of a ring for all yes. of this is how, so like <laughs> t take me into the size of that thing um, I don't even, I don't even know. I'm looking around. Um, it's, let's just say it's a really, really, really big ring. Um, and, um, I got to help design it with, um, two of my other captains and it's, it's, it's huge. <laughs> I don't even, I don't see anything to compare it to. It's just huge. That's pretty much as much. Oh, like, um, kind of like a Super Bowl ring, good size, you know, um, definitely can't wear it around. Got to keep it in a case um but it's it's heavy yes <laughs> Sam, yeah. uh, what was what were the uh what were the rewards after the uh the norcal game did you guys get a ring I, I i don't know if i actually know that um we got a we got a patch and uh i think we got a medal no. but the ring the rings are something that you guys do like you guys are doing that separately correct you guys are paying for that done 
um like we're all paying like out of our own pocket well it's just it's not like um the state is giving you the reins it's like you guys are setting it up oh no you're saying... no yeah we right. have to set so it up we, on our own my team spoke about it and we're just like i don't know i guess we just decided against it just kind of fell through yeah um, but you guys definitely earned it. My last question I got for you, Emma, is what's next? Mm -hmm. What's the plan? You're a senior, obviously, um, mm -hmm. three-time, all-league, all the honors, capping off with a state championship. What's next? You can say either in the sport of soccer or plans mm -hmm. for next year. Um, well, plans for next year and soccer. Um, I plan to go to um, – the local community college for two years and I've been talking to one of their coaches for a couple months now and she's been telling me because she's fully aware of the fact that I want to play soccer but I'm very interested in um, audiology and deaf studies so if I want to play soccer I have to go somewhere where I'll be able to have time for both um, so the coach is going to help me find somewhere that I can transfer to once I'm done with my two years where I can play soccer and go into the field that I want. So that's the current plan right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That'll be cool. I mean, if it's something you enjoy, I mean, I um, definitely stick with it as long as you can oh, yeah. because once yeah. it's gone, it, it's it it is it does stink. So stick. I might advise stick yeah. with it as long <laughs> as you can. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm really going to try. And you know, if it's not in the cards, if I can't do both, then I can't do both. But you know, there's always you know like find an indoor league, play on Sundays if I have to, but I'm going to try my best to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and I'm, I'm super, I'm super happy for you. I'm so glad that it played out the way it did when my mom texted me that it was going to PKs. <laughs> the first thing I texted to her, I was, I said, she's got it. No worries. And then, <laughs> I said, I, I was, I didn't, I wasn't even worried for you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh and you know, I'm I I'm glad um that you got to walk off into the sunset um because <laughs> doing it the other way is uh is not great. <laughs> um, not very fun. No, not very fun. Unfortunately, that's how it ended for me. But um uh, uh so I'm so I'm glad you didn't have to live through that. I'm glad you got to uh experience the high of uh, sort of walking off with a championship. Yeah, yeah. Obviously that'll be something you can wear. Um for the rest of your life so um yeah no again congratulations um that's a ridiculous accomplishment um, thank you and again thank you for coming on for a show like yeah. this we always we always enjoy having other people join us and when we get to talk to people who do incredible things in sports it's really fun to have uh, a dialogue about that so again thank you um and yeah congratulations. thank you Thank you. <laughs> um, I believe you're supposed to be in town this week, right? Um, or soon. That was the rumor that I two, heard. two. Not wait, not this weekend, but I think the week after. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, yeah, I will try to swing by. Okay. Bree and I will try to swing by to say hello. Yeah. Um, tell uh, tell the family, tell Jax, Lily, Trav, Katie, and uh, the two mm. crazy dogs that I said hello. <laughs> Okay, I will. <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully I'll catch you uh, next week. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Emma. All right. Well, um, I felt a little left out in the accomplishment uh, uh, 
uh, catalog there. You guys are champions, and, and you know, I just me. You know, you're the one that brought up. I don't even bring that up anymore. That's old news. <laughs> well, I mean, we were talking about high school sports. You won NorCal's. She won a state championship, so it felt like a a clear connection there. It was seamless, if you will. <laughs> no, but that was awesome. it was. I think I the craziest thing about that article, and she mentioned it. Literally, the fans in the crowd are chanting yes. her name. That is I, that is so surreal to me. I uh, I'll have to send you the video because my mom. I don't know. I got to see all four PKs. They posted it like more park girl soccer has uh, an Instagram and they posted the four PKs. I'm sure Emma has, has the videos somewhere. Um, but yeah, literally like it, it was a crazy scene and I'll see if I can track it down so you can see it. But I mean, imagine a whole football stadium worth of students like Roseville, like our student section, the whole side just jumping up and down, screaming her name. That's exactly what was happening. It was outrageous. Uh -huh. Yeah, couldn't imagine like that. That's that's got to be that's got to be a feeling that's like one of one. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I legitimately couldn't imagine, and I think that's that's possible because of the sport. I mean, that would never happen in volleyball. You would like. <laughs> never happen in like basketball i guess when you're taking free throws but like there has to be such isolated incidents but the goalie is there the whole time like it's just the nature of that position it's it's awesome that i think that's probably the one thing about that position in soccer is you're always going to catch the flack because all you do is let goals in pretty much and then if you don't let goals in then you're not getting any of the praise, right? I think it's the same with like, like kickers. Like you only hear yeah. about kickers when they're missing kicks. Yes, and that's just the nature. Unless you're an outlier like Justin Tucker, who never misses. But uh, not really. I mean, for how talented he is, he's really not talked about unless he hits fair, the game yeah. winner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah. What a. What a crazy experience and how how fun all of that must have been. I, I can't I can't even imagine. And um, you can't even imagine. You can't even imagine winning a playoff game. I can't even imagine winning a playoff game. My senior year, I lost both. <laughs> um and uh, open that wound up. I know. You guys were at least for the first like day after that game was over because obviously it ended the way that it did and you know the shot went over my hand you guys were pretty tame about it but i think it like i, I don't remember who made a joke about it and i was still not ready to joke about it <laughs> and i remember sitting at lunch going <laughs> and then like walking away and i was like I was so sad. I don't remember who said it, but somebody had cracked a joke. Probably for the for that a, a therapist session or something that you had to talk about that. I was sitting there at lunch, going, "Can we please not? Like, I'm not ready to joke about it yet." Do you remember when that guy banked that shot right over your fingertips? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And remember how like that ended your favorite sport ever? Like you never got to play again. 
like that was it. <laughs> and a competitive um, level, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Terrible. You should see. You should have tried out for volleyball. I should. I should have immediately after it was over just walked onto the track field and said, "Hey, <laughs> James, I heard you need a shot put partner." <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I remember trying to get you to play volleyball freshman year. Yes. Yes. Hindsight. Yeah. Should have done it. I mean, very like if I. I think honestly, I would have. I don't. When was tennis season? Because I've said, if it was, if it didn't conflict with basketball season, and knowing what I know now, I would have played tennis. Um. Okay. Well, either way. Um. But yeah, hindsight probably should have. I definitely would have gotten. I was certainly at that time athletic enough to play. I just had never played. Um. So completely foreign to me. I probably wouldn't have made the team. I don't think. So are we? Is it safe to say that Emma is the most athletic person in your family? Most accomplished, athletic. Most accomplished athletically. Yes, yes. I would imagine. I mean, what what can so be the state championship? There's the bar, Natalie. You just got to reach that bar. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, she certainly is the most accomplished athletically. I mean, I don't, I don't see, I, I don't see what could rise above. Um, uh, a state a state championship. I, I don't think my athlete of the month patch even scratches the surface of that. Um and uh yeah I don't think sorry Nat, but I don't think Natalie's basketball team um did all that well. I don't remember off the top of my head. Natalie was great, but um yeah so Emma Emma gets to wear that crown for now. Um and I, I say for now because what, NBA? Oh yeah, I was uh I was getting to the crown. That was gonna be my transition and uh you oh, totally dude. stole it from me. <laughs> yeah, I stole that transition basket, don't worry. Oh whatever, that's okay. <laughs> um I didn't see you. You're good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um let's just get right into it. Yeah, we were gonna talk about uh the Sacramento Kings um to sort of wrap Dang. up this episode. Um Kings for the first time since two thousand six, count them, forty wins, forty wins. You guys remember? Way back in like preseason, there was that video circling around of that wild Kings fan screaming, we're going to win 40 games this year. And everybody made fun of them, including regular Kings fans. We know what had actually happened. And here we are. This year. year. That was this year. (laughs) Was it this year? It was this year. I know. (laughs) I know that aged well. Yeah, that was when the media cycle was really slow and that was getting played. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, okay, like they'll be they'll be good, but not like that good. Yeah, type of thing. Well, here they are, second in the Western Conference. There are only seven teams with forty wins. Kings are one of them. We're sixty-six games into the season. We're moving towards the final stretch. There's sixteen games left, and I think we feel pretty good. Like I was talking to my dad the other day and, you know, obviously you, Ben and I, who Ben is going to be on later this week. So we're going to have like a total, like just Kings freak out session, which is great. Cause we've been trying to do that for a minute. Um, I think at some point, like all three of us started to go, you know what? They're actually good. And playoffs are starting to become a realistic possibility. And I'm not going to sit oh, here. It's, and, no, it's, it's guaranteed. Uh, yeah. Right. I think we're getting to a point well, we can just kind of say, like, they're in, you know? Like, mm-hmm. 
they've got a five game lead on the sixth uh, seed right now, which is huge. I, based on the way that they've been playing, they would have to really drop off to fall out of one of those six seeds. Even if they make the play in, I would still very much like their chances. But I think at this point, we can kind of start to go, you know what? I think it's safe to say they're going to be in, which is such a weird feeling. I don't think it just defends someone. Um, they are just them in Milwaukee have the two best records in the last 10 games. Um, they're both mm-hmm. eight and two in the last 10. And if you're, and we talked about it, we've talked about it a lot, um, their final stretch of games. Um, mm-hmm. But they have two wins against the Clippers, which um, I liked uh, Josh acknowledging. Um, they get that win against the Suns, uh, beat a Knicks team that was pretty hot. And that Knicks team was beating everyone. Um, a couple wins against the Th- I mean, <laughs> they're playing great is the thing. Um, for, me, for me now, I'm more looking at how does this team manage their energy level getting to the end? Because none of these guys, except for like Sabonis and Harrison Barnes, have experience finishing out a regular season and immediately gearing up for the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? And this team at All-Star break was noticeably exhausted, right? And it really affected yeah. their play. Um, so I really just hope that they're able to keep on the gas and build up momentum to where they're hosting a Minnesota or that's, this is so dumb. The fact that the Kings can play the Lakers, Dallas (laughs) Clippers can fall in golden state can fall in to the play. I mean, there is no easy matchup there. No, I mean, I was just about to ask you which of those teams do you feel comfortable playing against, and I don't think you feel safe necessarily against any of them. I think the least, the team that I want to see least is Golden State. Yes, that 100%. they would be scary with because I just don't think the Kings can defend them at all. Um, and Steph now healthy is just the Lakers would the be best. tough. I think they obviously Davis will go off for whatever he wants to go off for. Uh, we don't know about the health of LeBron. Uh, if we're saying that LeBron's coming back and he's going to be 100% healthy, yeah, I think they're going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to give the Kings a little more credit. They're a team that teams have to manage. Like they have to account for them and they have to try to stop what they're doing. I think there was, there was a time, there was a play um, yesterday against Phoenix where. Phoenix goes on a big run, and then Mike Brown is yelling at his team to get going on offense, and then immediately Malik Monk and Sabonis pick and roll. Just I, it, it yeah. looks easy. Like they just have possessions where it looks effortless on offense. And it's like yeah. what? Um, so yeah. I, I give them a lot of credit, but yeah, Golden State for me, I think that'd be scary. I think Dallas is kind of manageable. Uh, Minnesota, not super scary. Uh, Clippers are pretty. I mean, all those teams have a star on their team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, a couple interesting things. First of all, 
the two hottest teams in the league right now play against each other tomorrow, and that's going to be the Kings and the Bucks. So that's going to be a very interesting um, litmus test for the Kings because that is a team. Now, at least with all of these previous games, Clippers, Thunder, T-Wolves, Knicks, even the Suns, I mean, without Kevin Durant, I feel like going into it, you're like, you know what, the Kings, like, maybe the Suns saying that they should win is a bit of an exaggeration, but everybody else is like, you know what, like this, this is a game that they should win. Um, if, if they're clicking on all cylinders, they should, they should win. I think the Bucks are definitely the better team for sure. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. And there aren't as crazy as it is to say right now, there aren't that many teams in the NBA where you'd say, you know what, they're for sure better than the Kings. I think this is one of the only teams where you can say that. And it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle this Bucks team. If they win, I don't think they're going to blow them out. Uh, but if they lose, I would just hope that it's that they just don't look a class below the Bucks. You know what I mean? Like even if they lose tomorrow, and I'm not saying that they're going to, but even if they do, as long as they look competitive throughout the game, I think that's a great sign, like a really good sign. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, Giannis is questionable for tomorrow's game. Um, well, he's not there. Then we're talking about something totally different. <laughs> if he plays, I think this is that like that architect, uh, that type of team that I think really gives the Kings fits because they yes. play. I, I was listening to the JJ Reddick podcast when they had Bobby Portis on, and um, they play the most uh, two big lineups in the NBA. Right. And the Kings probably play the least because I don't think I've seen two big. I don't think I've seen Sabonis and another big on the court at the same time anytime this season. So, how does that match up? Like, how does their pace affect the Bucks? Mm -hmm. And how does the Bucks' length and rebounding ability and ability to disrupt shots? Because Brooke Lopez, if he's not defensive player of the year, he's in that conversation. And he's just having that great of a year altering shots. Um, it's just a tough matchup for this Kings team. Well, to, to put some numbers to that, let's look back at the New York Knicks game. The Knicks are huge. They're pretty big, but they're not huge. I mean, between Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle, I mean, those are two big guys. But they out-rebounded the Kings 58-42. to 42. They were Kicking the king's ass on the glass. So, well, that was a nice rhyme. Um, and to go up against the Bucks, who it feels like every single person is like 6'10 or above, mine is Drew Holiday. That, I mean, they're going to have to like run out the Bucks. I think that's going to be their best chance of winning is taking advantage. Of, they're going to have to turn the Bucks over and immediately go on a break. I think that's going to be their best. Uh, that, that's going to have to be a transition game for them um, because if they get into the half court on defense um, against them, I don't think they're going to get a lot of second chances um, offensively or defensively. Um, and when you're playing against a big team like that, yeah, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to run against them. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I could see them, I could see them maybe trying to zone a little bit um, just to sort of maybe get more bodies in the paint 
Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting game. And not only that, but like, so if we look at, um, if we look at their next couple games, uh, they're going to get the Celtics as well uh, in a couple games from now, like uh, late March, like March 21st. But between mm-hmm. that, they have the Bulls, the Nets, the Wizards, and the Jazz. So I think these next six games are kind of bookended by two, like the two like most elite teams in the league. So um, I feel like you have confidence going into the, the Bulls, the Nets, the Wizards, and the Jazz, that game. Um, but it's, it's these two games against the Bucks and the Celtics over the next, um, like two weeks that are going to be really interesting, like telltale signs of kind of what the Kings are. Um, and I think at this point it's safe to say that they're a really good team, but what class are they in? Are they good? Like the Bucks and the Celtics and the Nuggets, or are they good? Like the Suns, the 76ers and the Cavs, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think we're on we're on the same wavelength. So they have 16 games left. Um, I kind of highlighted seven of, seven of them of teams that are probably on equal level or like a threat to the Kings, right? So that mm-hmm. Bucks, Celtics, another game against the Suns, Timberwolves. Um, then the, in April they got the Pelicans again, the Mavericks, the Warriors, and the Warriors Nuggets. And the Nuggets, yeah. Right. So I think those games, if I think judging their record in those like seven or eight games will be really telling for this team. Um, and I think it's an awesome spot where I can confidently say that they should, they have a 90% chance of beating the San Antonio Spurs on April 2nd. Yeah. Right. I think they have earned that amount of trust wizards I, I know they lost the wizards really really badly earlier this year but both those teams have gone in way different directions since then um, the jazz they should beat um, the trailblazers they should beat twice i mean those seven games right looking at their record in those will be super telling of how this team should look in the playoffs well, and they're going to have to get these wins early. I think I know they've been good on the road, but seven, uh, they have of their final seven games, five of them are on the road. Um, against those hard so, teams, huh? Against those those tough teams that I listed. Well, so their final seven games are they have back to back against the Trailblazers. They get the Suns, Pelicans, Mavericks, Warriors, Nuggets, and they play the mm. Mavs on the road. They play the Pelicans on the road. They play the Nuggets on the road. And then um, the they play. They back. play the. Yeah. They play the Trailblazers back to back. So like that's not an easy set of circumstances for at least you know where you're playing those teams. Um, I'm trying to go to one of those Trailblazers games. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the- it's. It, I mean, the 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 last part of the schedule is interesting for a lot of different reasons. One, because there are a couple teams where you you highlight these games and go, okay. Going into the playoffs, we need to know how they're going to fare against X, Y, and Z teams. And then, okay, schedule. Where are they playing those teams? Seven last, they have seven of their last games. Um, of their seven last games, five of them are on the road. And then they just don't have very many games in between against like pushover teams. Like I guess maybe the quote unquote pushover teams that you'd see 
between now and the end of the season would be the Spurs and like the Wizards, but the Wizards aren't even that bad. They're 31 and 37, but everybody else, you could point to a player on their team and go, well, I mean, if this person gets hot, like even the Trailblazers who aren't great, if Dame goes berserk, then <laughs> I mean, they're, they can't be ignored. Yeah, and the Jazz, Markinen, um, Wizards, I don't really know. Is Bradley Beal even playing? I honestly don't even know what the Wizards it. have done this year. Uh, Nets, now with Mikel Bridges, just going crazy on their team. Mm-hmm. He's winning them a bunch of games. Chicago's got Levine and DeRozan. The Spurs have no one. And that's pretty <laughs> safe to say. Pelicans, Zion might be back. At that point, yeah. Brandon Ingram might be back at that point. And that team looks completely different. Um, Dallas has two stars. Golden State's got theirs. Nuggets might be sitting stars at that point. It's the mm-hmm. last game of the year. You know, it's it could be a pretty different. How important do you think it is for the Kings to stay at two? I think it's huge. They, like, um, because, well... <laughs> Actually, I actually am going to go back on that take. I don't know what the real difference between two and three is going to be. I -hmm. would prefer them not to fall to four. But two and three, I mean, we were just talking about the bottom end teams that they were going to be playing against. And you're just at the toss up between the Warriors. Well, the Warriors are at six right now. Uh, But like Timberwolves, Mavericks, Lakers, Jazz, all four of those teams are probably all going to be in the mix towards the very end. So you're either going to be, you're going to be getting one of them and, they're all kind of on equal playing field. So maybe maybe the spot between two and three isn't that big, but I would prefer them not to fall, fall to four and have to go up against possibly the Clippers or the Warriors. Like I like I feel like the difference between the Clippers and the Warriors is mu- like I would it's hard to the I mean, drop the off, records think? yeah, the records aren't necessarily indicative of that. Um but I feel like you would just feel so much worse playing against the Clippers than the Jazz. You know what I mean? Even though the records don't necessarily point towards that. No, I think it's I think it totally makes sense. I think two is imperative for this team if they want to make it out of the first round, which I don't honestly I don't really care if they make it out of the first round or not. Um, because it's not about this year, it's about years to come. But it'd yes. be nice to see them making out um i just want to see them win when we go that's the biggest thing for me oh, i know <laughs> i know this is my last question would you rather the kings blow out the team that they play early like in the first half or would you rather be a tight game and they squeak out a win squeak out squeak out i think just because it'd be more like more exciting longer I guess. Um, and it would be, it'd be one of those things where like the novelty of getting the win in the playoffs, I think would feel greater if it was ambiguous until the end. You know what I mean? Um, uh-huh. As opposed to, as opposed to going, I can't believe they're going to win this game. Wow. It's only seven <laughs> like, <laughs> But like, yes, it would be more, um, you know, anxiety inducing, but I think the ambiguity of it would be interesting um, to the very end and go, 
I can't believe we just watched them win a playoff game. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, because that game where we... you, Ben, and I went to against Denver mm-hmm. was insane. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Like, the atmosphere, once like once we were finally allowed to chant, light the beam, oh, yeah. waiting, I don't know, 47 minutes of that game to finally mm-hmm. that final minute of being like, okay, they're going to win. Like, they're actually going to win this game. Uh-huh. Taking <laughs> Denver's best punches. Yeah, we the game against Phoenix yesterday. There were people in Phoenix chanting "Light the beam," which is not the first time that's happened. <laughs> My dad looked at me and he goes, "That's going to be so annoying for opposing teams going forward, especially if they if they're good going forward into the playoffs into the next season." He was like, "For the next couple of years, he's like, I could see that pissing teams off." <laughs> And opposing fans, and I was like, "Yeah, but screw it. <laughs> like, who cares? Like, we we need our time in the sun, you know." Yeah, I like how it's something different than every team does the freaking MVP chant now. Yes. Whoever is at the free throw line, which I think is getting a little old. Um, so I like the that the crowd just being one and singularly chanting that one thing. Um, beam better be... I think they should change the beam for the playoffs. Make it like a bigger thing? Well, I think for security reasons, they probably can't make it bigger. Because <laughs> a plane, plane flying by might, oh. <laughs> might, be a little, yeah. might be a little scary. Um, I think it's got to be a different color. Different color? No, it has to be purple. What color would you change it to? I don't know if they can get some stripes in there or something. It's got to be something different. Mm. We're just talking about any old W. We're talking about <laughs> something that we have. So the first time, the, the oldest basketball memory that I have is LeBron hitting that shot against Orlando. And mm. I think it was like 2009. That's my yeah. oldest basketball memory. Um, so I have no idea what playoff basketball looks like for the Kings. Uh, no yeah none the that's funny that you mentioned that that's the oldest basketball memory you have the oldest one that i have is back in 2006 i remember like bonzi wells from the kings um hitting a shot for whatever reason um but uh, yeah, Bonzi Wells from uh, 1998 to 2008, um, uh, small forward in the NBA. <laughs> um, but I remember for whatever reason him hitting a shot. Um, it <laughs> what um, Mark Jones the other night, uh, who I love Mark Jones by the way. Um, nobody does it like awesome. him. He's got some very interesting things to say, very interesting phrases, uses a lot of huge words. Um, he, he was sitting there, um, calling the game and, you know, we're all watching it at home and he, he, he had turned to Katie, I think. And he said, you know, is it me or me or does this, or does this feel like April? And I looked at my dad, I was like, I don't know. What does April feel like? <laughs> I was like, I would love to know. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure, Mark, <laughs> you're not really talking to the right people. <laughs> 
Or does April? No, it doesn't feel like April. The team's still playing. I know. Playing if it was April. I know. I know. And it's just like it's. I don't. I don't know how to act. By the way, I I had an ad pop up the other day on Instagram. It was um, light the beam socks. Immediately. uh, Oh no! But for the playoffs, they will be on my feet. But it there, I'll have to send you a picture of them because it's glorious. It's got like light the beam in big letters and then a purple beam flying in the background. I think the arena's on the sock too. It's beautiful, beautiful. Um, and yeah, I was like, you, I, I need a link to them. I might, I might purchase them too. The day that they clinch a playoff spot, I will, I will purchase those. Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I, those need to be on my feet if we're going to be at that game one, if that is the plan. That that has to be there. I'm gonna. I'll have the light the beam socks. I'm literally in my king's pajama pants right now. Those will be on. I'll have my t-shirt of Doug You're not Christie. Wearing those pajama pants. Oh, I might. I very well might. I <laughs> um, <laughs> head to toe, head to toe, from the socks to the pants to the shirt and a hat. Head to toe, just going all in. I'd have I'd have to update my King Gordo. I can't wear a bogey jersey to no. the playoff game. No, I gotta. I, I'm thinking like getting like a hoodie or something. Because mm-hmm. I can't get a I can't get a jersey. I can't get a Fox thing because he'll be gone. He'll he'll decide that he wants to leave after this I year. Know. So yeah, if you if you get one, you know you have a white guy shooter, white guy shooter Kings jersey. You can trade the bogey one in for a Kevin Herter. You know. A little headband herder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I get a headband for headband herder. By the way, since to close this out, I have to. I we never got to him, but I have to give absolutely massive praise to our second round rookie, um, Kessler Edwards, who played out of his mind the other night against Phoenix. Um, his defensive he pre- traded for. Uh, I think so. Um, to have, I mean, Davion Mitchell, by the way, has had a couple game stretch where he has been outstanding offensively and defensively. But to have another guy like Davion, who seems to be so active on the defensive end, God, is something the Kings need so badly. And I'm so happy that he is getting minutes because, Yes, the Kings haven't been great on defense. They're one of the best defensive teams in the fourth quarter in the NBA. So you'd be you like That's hope that that can translate. That. No, they statistically they are like they no, were like it's number eleventh. Like that they no, what I'm saying is like earlier like last month they were fourth in the NBA um, in the fourth quarter. Because um, I remember Mark Jones reading that stat and turning to my dad. I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> um, but it is, and if they have another guy coming off the bench that can provide a defensive punch, or somebody that they can sub in if, like Keegan Murray, um, is just getting dominated, um, then that's huge for them. Absolutely huge. Yeah, I think it's. I think his energy was really cool to see. Um, I don't know if you can have a lineup of him and uh, Davion's definitely hitting shots. I will yes. say he's he. And make, since the All-Star break, he's definitely been making a greater amount of his threes, mm-hmm. um, which is really nice. Um, and he, I guess that allows him to play off of Malik when Malik's running that unit. Um, but Kessler Edwards isn't that crazy of a shooter. 
he had that huge three, by the way. The fact that he took that shot, had, I mean, dude had some stones to take that shot, especially after he had the mistake, uh, the two previous plays before that. But um, yeah, didn't he like he like outran the ball or something on the fast break, and then it turned yeah. into. That was weird. Um, but yeah, as long as he's able to add something on the defensive end, mm-hmm. then I think it's a huge deal. And they only traded like a second round pick for him. Yeah, yeah. He was outstanding. Um, and, you know, when him and Davion were on the floor, it didn't seem to affect the offense all that much because, you know, Trey Lyles comes in and gives an offensive punch. Malik leads that unit. And oftentimes when Malik is in, uh, you know, Jumezi will be in for a little bit, but then Sabonis will get rotated in. And Malik yeah. runs that pick and roll with Sabonis as well, if not better than Fox does. Um, he does it a little bit differently than Fox does. Um, so as long as Davion is hitting his shots off of that, and Davion was getting a couple of really good drives. But like you said, um, as long as Davion is sort of playing off uh, him uh, like he has been, then you know, you don't really lose a ton offensively. And what you gain on the defensive end just is incalculable. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I'm looking forward to see how Mike Brown establishes the rotation that he's going to be using, hopefully in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. Well, we have a lot of Kings talk today. We're going to have a lot more um, or later on in the week. We're filming this episode on Sunday, uh, the 12th. We're going to film another episode on the 14th uh, with our buddy Ben. So it'll be like a, two episodes this week, which will be really cool with two different guests. Um, so hopefully if you guys stuck around at the end of the episode. By then. Hopefully we hear the Aaron Rodgers news by then. Yes. Um, Jalen Ramsey getting traded to the Dolphins was mm-hmm. for pretty much nothing. was kind of interesting, um, especially with what L.A. gave up for him. Yeah, that was that was weird. Um, and his tweets were really weird too. Did you see those? No, I didn't. Yeah, he was like ultra excited to be traded away from the Rams. I didn't think the Rams was that bad. Yeah, well, um, the other thing too that I wanted to talk to you and Ben about, and maybe you don't have a ton of thoughts on the topic, but I wanted to uh, at least bring up the pitch clock in baseball. Mm-hmm. And sort of talk about that because I do have some thoughts on that, um, and I'm sure Ben does as well. Um, so yeah, next week's going to be King centric. Maybe we'll have the Aaron Rodgers news by then. Be great if we did, um, and then we'll we'll get into baseball uh, with the pitch clock stuff because um, that's still a hot topic. Yeah, um, and then uh, we'll also by that time, uh, The Last of Us will be over and done with, and we'll have oh, seen true we'll have seen uh, all the episodes. So we'll have that. So next week's episode is going to be packed from start to finish. So stay tuned. Um, Thank you all so much. Wait, go ahead. No, no, I was just, you're good. Gotcha. Uh, Thank you all so much for sticking to the end of the episode again. Thank you, Dama, for coming on. Really do appreciate it. Um, And we, we will, uh, we'll see you all in just a few days. So, uh, Stay glued to your phone uh, for updates on Aaron Rodgers, for updates on the Sacramento Kings, and uh, we will see you all very, very shortly. Yeah, just remember, Jason, don't let him drive left. He'll shoot over you. Yep, for sure. All right.